This is the Word of God from the household of David Church. It is a message designed to raise men after God's own heart. Listen and be blessed. Jesus is Lord. How many of us are set for the word this morning? Say, greater is it that is in me than the one that is in the world. Hallelujah. Let's read together. Why would it mean stand in Revelation chapter 12, verse 11? Or let's start from verse 7. Amen. Revelation 12, we stop there for service. Verse, because of time, I won't go too deep into some of the things we share for service. But I just want to move from there. Revelation 12, verse 7. The Bible says, and there was war in heaven. Look at your neighbor. Say, in heaven. In heaven. War. war. Now, help me tell your neighbor. If there was war in heaven, Satan would be afraid to bring war into your life. <laughs> that doesn't sound like a good message, but that's the truth. And the Bible says, Michael and his angels fought. So where there is war, what you need to do is not to complain. What you need to do is not to wonder, Lord, why is this happening to me? What you need to do is to fight. Hallelujah. In the perfect heaven, there was war. Michael and his angels fought. But the Bible says, and the dragon fought and his angels. So it was, he had angels then. And prevailed not. Thank God for that. Neither was there a place found anymore in heaven for them. There will not be space for the devil in your life anymore. Amen. Somebody shout a living amen. Amen. That word anymore means that so there was a time, there was a space for him. But then they decided to wrestle the guy out. And remember what will be written repeatedly. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 27. Give no place to the devil. So everyone demonstrated the force. And Jesus said in the Lord's prayer when you pray. He said thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So we copy some things from everyone. That's what I'm talking about this morning. How to fight. We've talked about the origin of demons. We've talked about classes of demons. We've talked about a few things. But this morning, I want to talk about how to fight. Because if you don't know how to fight, you'll fight wrongly or you fight the wrong battle. Are you following me? Hallelujah. Amen. So the Bible says, and the great dragon, anytime Satan is depicted as dragon in the Bible, it talks of his highest authority. It can either be called the serpent. It can either be called Lucifer, Isaiah 14. That's the only time he's referred to as Lucifer in the Bible. But then severally as serpent. Jesus had given power over serpent and scorpion. When he came to the woman, his first appearance and his first introduction to humanity, he came as a serpent. But at the, in the, at the end, of, end of the age, when the Antichrist governs the whole world, he's going to come as a dragon. So the Bible is saying that Satan was defeated in his highest form. So, anyway, the one that received the old word. Now, next verse. And they heard a loud voice in heaven. There will be a voice of joy in your life. Amen. The salvation and strength and the kingdom of God and the power of his Christ. For the accuser of our brethren. If you're always accusing people, you know your mentor. 
So when you see those who talk against churches, who say things, they have a mentor. Accuser of the brethren. It's one of his names. And when they are so occupied, they sit in anybody's life, you'll start accusing also. No matter what happens, you are going to accuse people, accuse Christians. So anytime you accuse Christians of anything, you are working for your... Amen. <laughs> they accuse them before I go day and night. Now, next verse. That's where we are really going, 11. And so how did they overcome him? And they overcame by the blood and by the word. Somebody shout amen. amen. Say the blood and the word. Say it again, the blood and the word. You can have your seat. God bless you. Remember, we said, give no place to the devil. Hallelujah. They overcame by the blood. So the battle that took place in heaven. So the, the, the idea that we wrestle not against flesh and blood is not equal to, does not mean that we are fighting the devil. Jesus already fought him and conquered him. What we are fighting is to maintain the victory so that the dragon does not come in again. Imagine Jesus coming into your house, helping you to banish, to kick out Satan, and he's saying that the battle you have to fight is lock the door, close the windows. Are you following me? So all we've been do doing for some weeks now, identifying the windows that can come in through. Otherwise, this word does not apply to us. So I use one illustration for service. The Bible says, resist the devil, it will flee from you. The idea of you resisting the devil means that the inheritance, the victory, the authority is with you. Trying to challenge, not you going to collect your destiny from the devil. As we hear prayers nowadays all over. Now, this is Pastor Ebele's phone in his pocket. I'm taking it. Now, he allowed me to because he likes me and he feels I'm his pastor. If somebody were to come to take his phone from his pocket, if a bailiff prevents the person from taking it, he is resisting an attempt to collect his phone. You understand? Now, you cannot say me that I'm trying to collect his phone, I'm resisting a bailiff. So the word resist applies to him. He is the owner of the phone and is the one resisting an intruder from taking his phone. Is that right? When the Bible says resist the devil, it means that you are the one on the ground. You are the one occupying the garden. You are the one occupying the place of victory. It is devil come from outside to try to take your victory, and the Bible says you resist him. But the other side of it is what we see in many warfare prayer. Satan is the one with the victory they are trying to collect by fighting. But that contradicts the Bible. This simple analogy will help saints to understand. Because once you understand the darkness in spiritual warfare, you lose out. So we are not fighting to win the devil. We are fighting. So stop him from coming to the victory we have been given. Did you get that? Yes, Hallelujah. Amen. One battle is, the battle is within your domain. It is yours. Victory is yours. Health is yours. He is the one challenging it. And he does it subtly. Now ground, if you allow fear. So I mentioned some windows. Windows. The common thing about all the windows through we can come in is that they are connected to fear. Ah, you don't have a job for four years. And you, you are, what are you doing? You are, not, you are praying. Hey, let me take you to one. It is fear that will make you say yes. And once you do, you build the ground. Ah, you are 35, you are not yet married. Ah, ah mommy, mommy said, see, we, we, we spoke to one prophet and he said, 
you yield because of fear. Everything is connected to fear. Now, mind you, there are prophets, there are seers, but they are extraordinarily disciplined. That's what grieves me that there are charlatans spoiling the works of these people all around. I've met a few people who are called into the office of prophets. They don't want to give you what to people and creating trouble. But there are some other guys who made the job of these people difficult. But what we are emphasizing is that a saint must learn how to pray. If God needs to send somebody to you, let God do it by himself and he will confirm it by his word. Are you following me? Praise the Lord. So everything is rooted in fear. So when we talk about the spiritual warfare, that's wrestling with the devil. It happens just in two places. Your mind and your mouth. Your mind and your mouth. So the Bible said that the weapons of our warfare. So it is not that we, we imagine it. Those are the few ones that define the New Testament. There is unclean spirit. There is visible spirit. There is deaf and dumb spirit. Jesus dealt with all of them. Certain deafness are created by evil spirits. Not all deafness. Hallelujah. So Jesus addressed deaf and dumb spirit. Jesus addressed spirit of infirmity. The woman that was bound eighty years said, "This daughter of Abraham was bound with a spirit of infirmity." Then he talked about Beelzebub. Pharisees said, "Was casting out demons by Beelzebub." And then there is unclean spirit, the one that bound the legion, the madman or gatherer. Jesus called them unclean spirits, and they went. To, that was the name he gave to them. Outside those three names, we are not giving any other name again. So when they said to you, "I'm behind from seven mountains," my name is Jugunu. Somebody is entertaining you. <laughs> Amen. And demons can entertain when, you are, when they are loud. Are you following me? Jesus only asked a question only on one location. All of that. The Bible says he cast them down by his words. Nowadays, there are people who ask questions every deliverance. So, what, I, what have you done to her? I made that barren. You are just doing African home theater. Or state theater. Which one? <laughs> are you following me? Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Everybody say, the words and the thoughts. So let's look very well at where the Bible says, talks about warfare again. Second Corinthians chapter 10. At least the Bible should be your guide. So let's look at it. Verse 4. This is where every single time warfare is mentioned in the Bible, it's not connected to fighting Satan. Because people do know that once you are born again, the battle is inside. He wants to sow a seed of fear, a seed of doubt, a seed of confusion. Once you buy into that, you have opened the door and it comes in. Maybe when we get to that, but certainly not today, I'm going to show you everything called ancestral spirit. It is because your mind has not accepted that Christ has set you free. Someone else says that, no, you are not yet free. There are oppressions in your life. You look at your experience. And you agree with the person who says you are not free against the word of God. That is exactly what Second chapter 4 is talking about. For the weapons of our warfare. So when you talk about warfare, you would expect Paul to start talking about the four kinds of demons he mentioned. But he said that the warfare I'm talking about, he said the weapons we use, they are mighty through God in pulling down what? Look at what these weapons are for. None of them is to fire at Beelzebub. Because Beelzebub will have no place in your life if he has not conquered your thoughts. Are you following me? Is somebody getting me? 
Can you imagine when Paul said that the weapons are for you? We expect that, as he mentioned the weapon, he will start saying that we fire principalities, we fire power, we fire this demon of He never mentioned any such. When he started mentioning what the weapons we fight against, he said, in imaginations, every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. There, there is always the other knowledge that stands against the knowledge of God. There is always the other knowledge. The Bible says, if anyone afflicted, let him pray. There is other knowledge that says that, no, come and see the prophets. Everything against the knowledge of God. It is the starting point. There is always something against the knowledge of God. Knowledge of God is revealed in his word. And once there is another voice against what is written, then that is where the battle is. Can you imagine that Jesus is a perfect example? He was the first one to fight the devil and to conquer. What was the temptation about? The devil appears as an ugly monster that Jesus needed to use seven days to... No, what did he say? Command these souls to be bred. It was a battle of the heart. Getting him to do something against the Father's will. Then he said, worship me. One day we look at the three temptations very closely. They are the only thing we consider that because it's a broad topic. But are you following me? He said, bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Next verse. We, we, we come back to this. Amen. Next verse. And having readiness to revenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. Remind me, I want to end with this verse because I want to talk to some young people here. Amen. Hallelujah. Everybody say, <laughs> your mouth. Let's read Ecclesiastes chapter 10 verse 8. The Bible says, he that breaketh an edge, the serpent shall bite. So it's not by saying that he that diggeth a pit shall fall into it. He that breaketh an edge. So there is a hedge. The Bible says, as the mountains surround Jerusalem, so the Lord surround his people. Can you say amen? amen? This is a golden promise. This is amazing. So you are surrounded by the angels of the Lord. But outside the world created by the angels, there is someone called serpent. That's what the Bible says in 1 Peter 5. That verse 8, that be vigilant, be sober. Your adversary, Satan, is going about. What is going about is that he cannot assess your compound. There is a hedge around you. Outside the hedge, the, your adversary is there. He is the one that called, run like a lion. He is a serpent. So the Bible said, Ecclesiastes, that he that digeth a piece shall fall into it. Whosoever breaketh the edge, the serpent shall bite. So the serpent cannot bite anybody within the sphere of the edge. You have to step out of the edge for the serpent to bite you. So what a Christian should be concerned about is that how do we break the edge? So I stopped you on Wednesday night when I was talking to the people. Because in warfare, this is what you should understand. So how do we break the edge? Oh, redemption is amazing. Balak was hired by Balak. Numbers 23, Numbers 24, and Numbers 20 was hired by Balak. And he said, Balaam offers seven rams. I don't know which native daughter is doing that. Seven. And he was a prophet of God. But as at that moment, it was operation. Now, if a saint notes this, because some of the prophets say, who are genuinely called of God, is people that are tempting them. By going and once they start making you to operate outside God's scope, you will make a mistake. A prophet should be able to tell people that, see, go back to your church or go and pray. But once everybody is putting a reputation on him that he hears God, he says something, 
he will be forced to always want to perform. The Holy Spirit does not speak every time. I showed you last, last week, even Apostle Paul, the demonic girl was following him for many days until the unction to deal with the Spirit was there. It is the greatest test of the anointed person. Once the anointing comes upon you, you will know that the Spirit of God is not a switch to switch on and off, but people will move you, like they move Moses to stri strike the rod. They will move you. Every now and then they come to meet you. If you don't teach them how to hear God from themselves, they will get you into trouble. Somebody wants to marry this girl. Pastor, what do you think about it? You are, many of you know the answer I will give you already. Am I the one marrying the person? We can counsel and they both, but we cannot tell you what to do. So you want to travel, you want to call the pastor before you travel. You, uh, you want to buy a land, you want to call the pastor before you buy the land. If he's counseling you, even if he's a wonderful pastor, one day will lead you into error because you opened the door for it. Because you are operating the way God did not create a New Testament people to operate. You can ask someone that this is what I'm taking to the world, you think, but don't let them be originating what you should do for you. Are you getting what I'm saying? So you want to ask me whether you should live in Yaba or in Keja? Come and ask me now. Now, is it Yaba or Ikeja? Which one? Is it duplex or twin bedroom? You know, our disciples get themselves into trouble. Hallelujah. Amen. There was one that Benin invited as he was ministering. The wife of the president of Walmart was there on the seat. I mean, this is one of the biggest shopping malls in America, all over America. These are multi-billionaire in dollars. And the prophet started speaking and called out the account number of the woman and how much was in the account, the balance. Thank God for people, a very wealthy woman, but she knows the Bible. She went to Benin in the office and said, that, sir, what that guy did was not of God. He said he was right about the account balance and the number of my account number. He said, but I do not believe the Spirit of God will make somebody talk about how much is in my account openly. Others were clapping, but the woman said, this is not God. Benin went back to pray and God told her, get that property away from your life if you want to progress. Why? Because if the deeper you are, the more, as when we do advanced life, so the more you have to be careful. Are you following me? So tie yourself to the word of God. Otherwise, Pastor Adeboe said that the founder of Redeem, Parky Dayomi, anytime anybody talk with the man, he will tell you that wonderful idea, but where is that in the Bible? If you cannot show him two or three scriptures, he will tell you that, sorry, I can't accept your point. He said, look, you want the argument, I love your point. He said, but I don't do anything that the Bible is not in support of. So one day, and the Baba was an illiterate. They will come and say, let's do this. He said, ah, fine, oh, wonderful. I want it. He said, but can you show me where it is in the Bible? If it's not in the Bible, I am not interested. That should be the language of every Christian. Not somebody pouring Pepsi and Coca-Cola on your head for anointing for sweetness. That's one that is trained on social media. I just say, are we backsliding in the body of Christ? Is anybody in church should bring a bottle of Coke and a bottle of Fanta? And they all did. Anointing for sweetness. And the man stood and was praying. I said, oh God. <laughs> I love Coke. My own poet in my mouth. <laughs> are, are you following me? Sorry. I don't mean to pick on anybody. But it's just, it's just very, very painful. And you, know, you wonder that. So is it that the more we are approaching 24 said, are Christians backsliding, going back to somebody has to give you provide clothes to wear and everything. Why are we going back into all those things? Ah. Amen. Praise the Lord. Coca-Cola anointing. <laughs> it's a very powerful anointing. <laughs> you, you should like that church. <laughs> she likes Coke. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. Are you, are you with me? Is somebody following me? Okay, so 
<laughs> oh Lord. The edge. How do you bring down the edge? So Balaam was on the mountain and he said, I'm going to curse the people. Mind you, this is what they should pay attention to. Can you imagine? The people did not even know anybody was trying to curse them and they were not bothered. He tried and God turned it to blessing. Ah! He said the signal is not clear in this area. He told Balak that, can we move to the other side of the mountain where we can see another part of the people? So they went to another mountain. He saw a part of the people again. He wanted to start. Oh, Balaam, the son of man, the son of Boaz said, a man whose eyes God has opened, a man who sees the vision of God unhindered, falling, and then God turned into blessing. <laughs> he said, no, wrong signal. He said, build seven altars, seven rams, and everything again, the third place. Now the people were there at the floor. I just want to show you how you cannot crack from outside but from inside. And I will show you the what, the what to speak, where it comes from your heart, and I will end with the second thing which I want to, in five minutes, address young people about this subject matter of sex. It's a dangerous thing. Hear me very well. Sleeping with a girl does not end there. Don't destroy yourself. The Bible specially puts fornication in another class. All sins are sins. But attention is put in, and we all look at scriptures. And to help the devil very well, Teachings are going on around our day that there's nothing wrong with sex, this one, that one. Those are attempts of the devil to rob the church of, I feel sorry for a lot of people. Listen to me. Well, well, we get there. <laughs> anyway, when I talk to singles about money and romance, I really want to talk to you guys. Uh, and part of what I want to tell you, maybe, is for you to, okay, let's go. Are you following me? Are you following me? Amen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. He tried to and he couldn't. And the people did not know. Now, people, many of you, when you read, you will think the story ended there. The Bible says, Balak got angry thought him and he said that, ah, I thought of rewarding you. Because he was paid. Thank you. He was paid by the statement the guy made. Ah, he said, I shall. He said, there's rising a star out of them. He said, you are supposed to be cursing them. You are blessing them. Then Balaam tried again. Ah, he said, may my hand be like his. May I die the death of the righteous. He was seeing positive things about, because he was on the mountain. He saw what God wanted him to see. Now, the story numbers ended like that. Until you go to Revelation chapter 2, that Jesus said that you are some of you holding on to the doctrine of Balaam. Who taught Balaam to put a stumbling block before the children of Israel by causing them to worship idols and commit fornication. So, what happened that day was that if you read numbers further, Revelation showed us what conversion took place between Balak and Balaam. But it's not exactly recorded in numbers, but there's something happened after that. When Balak, when Balaam was going, he told Balak, you can't crack these people from outside. This edge that is around there, you can't break it. You can only get them to break it by themselves. Give no place to the devil. He cannot force himself into your space without your permission. So Balaam said to Balak that we must do something that will break the edge from within. It cannot be broken from outside. So Balak said, what do we do? He said, send your girls to their young men. Let them start committing sexual immorality. 23,000 Israel died in one day. The same that could not be caused from the mountain. 
Two things from there. I will talk about sexual immorality later. But the first thing from there is that the edge cannot be cracked from outside. That's what the Bible did say. If the serpent breaks the edge, it said, who, who, who that breaketh an edge, the serpent will bite. Somebody has to break it. And it has to be somebody inside. Hallelujah. Are you getting what I'm saying? Amen. So that's why the Bible said, death and life are in the power of the tongue. Let's read. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Remember when we read Revelation chapter 12? Are you following me? Okay, let's read Daniel 10, 12. I want to show you something from there quickly. We went there for service. And this is warfare. If you read from the beginning of Daniel chapter 10, the angel appeared late. Okay, let's start from around verse 4 or 5. Daniel, we've left Revelation now. Daniel chapter 10. Let's start from verse 4. Daniel 10, 4. Are you following me this morning? Ah, is somebody hearing me? Okay. And four and twenty days old, I was by the side of the great river, which is the Dickey. Next verse. I lifted up my voice. I looked, behold, a man clothed in linen. That's an angel. Saw the angel. Verse 7. And then I alone saw the vision. The men that were made, they ran away. Verse 8. They couldn't stand it. I was left alone. Let's go to verse 10. Verse 10. Behold, the hand touched me, which set me upon that upon my and upon the palms of my hand. Next verse, eleven. Be, go, and he said to me, O Daniel, a great a man greatly beloved, understand the word that I speak to thee, and stand upright. For unto thee I am saying, When he had spoken his word to me, I stood trembling. Verse 12. Now pay attention here. Then he said to me, Fear not, Daniel, for from the first day that thou didst said I had to understand, and to chastise your dads to fast. Thy words were heard. I am come for what? What was heard? And I come because of what? This is Angel Gabriel, as you will know later. He began to explain to Daniel. Daniel fasted for 21 days. There was a prayer request lingering. And he said to Daniel, this is where I want to connect this one to Revelation. And we we'll look at Elisha. And I'll stop. I'll talk about what I want to talk about. Daniel saw it. The angel appeared and I explained to Daniel that I said, you know what? Maybe you did not need to fast for 21 days. He said, Daniel, from the first day you knelt down to pray, the day one of your fasts, I was sent with an answer. He said, but there is a demonic spirit that is called Prince of Pasha. That is a demon in the class of wicked spirits in heavenly places, the highest category. Now, what happened? There are three evils. Second Corinthians chapter 12, Paul said he was caught up to the third heaven. He was talking about himself, even though he used the word, he said, I know a man who was in the play, but he was talking about himself. When he got born again, he had an experience, he was out, they call it out of body experience. He found himself in heaven, and he said, I did not even know whether I was there physically or spiritually. So that means he was saying that I don't know whether it was an open vision or a trance. Are you following me? He said, but I was in third heaven, and I heard unspeakable words, which man cannot utter. He said, I cannot tell you what I heard there at the third heaven. So if there is the third heaven, there must be the first heaven, and there must be the second heaven. Is that right? So third heaven is where God dwells. First heaven is this atmospheric heaven over us. Second heaven is the heavenlies, where both wicked spirits and angels intersect. It's a realm, a spiritual realm that is above every human being. Now, it is very possible for an individual to be in a church. People use that word open heaven. It might not be a very correct term in New Testament. I don't know, but for lack of words, let's use it. 
open heaven. You can be in a church that has an open heaven over the church, but your heaven, your own heaven, there is micro and macro heaven. There is open heaven over a group. There is open heaven over individuals. You can be in a city where there is a closed heaven over the city. If the heaven over you is open, like Isaac, you will still prosper. Now, you can be among people. This is why mind where you belong very well. A church, there is an open heaven over this church. But I cannot say that is that with everybody. Until you fully add it, see, until you understand certain things from the word of God and align yourself. It is true. So there can be an open heaven over a ministry. It does not mean every member of that ministry because some people are there. They are just there, but they do not do the practices of that ministry. Maybe we get there another time. But understand, so when we say open heaven, what they are saying is not the first heaven. It's not the third heaven. It's that second heaven where answers are being intercepted. So when Daniel said, oh God of Abraham, the Bible said the angel called him a man greatly beloved. God said to the angel that my son is praying or my servant is praying. They took the answer and they were coming. Then the prince of Persia stood. 21 days. So Daniel was waiting on that. You begin to know why prayers can be delayed at times. 21 days. It was fasting. Where is the answer? So when the angel came, he offered apologies. They said, sorry, this answer was sent the first day. He said, but Prince of Persia is strong, man. We were fighting for 21 days. He said, even up till now, I had to call Michael. Michael came. So when Michael came, I left Michael with him to answer you. He said, when I go back, the battle continues. If you read verse 1, the Bible said that in the days of Cyrus, king of Persia, Cyrus, king of Persia, that was when it happened. So you are, there is prince of Nigeria. There is prince of Lagos. So when you start praying, there, are, there can be interferences. What would the name of Jesus do about this? We are not looking at that today, but there can be interference. Are you getting what I'm saying? From what the Bible, so that angel told Daniel that from the first day, this answer could have come. He said, but the prince of Persia. But he said something to Daniel. He said, I have come because of your words. I want to say something, a theory, which is very powerful. Listen to me. Whatever is going on in that second heaven over your life, your words prolong matter there or shorten the lifespan of matter. This buttresses what we read earlier in Revelation. How did they overcome? They overcame by the blood of the Lamb. And by what? The word of testimony. Now, you would think that this is talking about angel alone, but I want to show you something. They overcame by the blood and by the word of their testimony. It's not angels alone. Number one, the blood of the Lamb does not apply to angels. Angels cannot. Bible says it did not give aid to angels, but to the seed of Abraham. So angels don't plead the blood. Angels cannot. The blood is not applicable. They were not washed by the blood. They will never be washed by the blood. They are angels. That's what they are. Number two, the Bible says they love not their lives unto death. Angels don't die. Are you following me? Let me show you what the Bible is saying happened in that place. What is happening is this. Who was the devil accusing? What was he called? The accuser of who? Brethren. Angels? No. Who are the brethren? All of you here. What is happening is this. I believe that battle, the Bible said there was war in heaven. I don't think it was the heaven of God. It must have been the second heaven. What happened there? Probably it started from heaven of God and it was about the major thing there is this. What I want us to know, note about the, the, what happened there is the fact that they were that two place. Angels were fighting, but their victory depends on the confession in the mouth of the brethren or not. So the, the, those who overcame are not the angels, the brethren. They are the ones, they are words of testimony. Are you getting what I'm saying? 
when the angel appeared to Daniel, they said, I came because of your word. The same way in Revelation also, they won because saints or not were singing something that gave them victory over there. So when you are talking about spiritual warfare, the climate over your life is connected to the state of your heart and the words of your mouth. That's the Bible says death and life. Death and life. And we head this way. My time is, I know we have to, it's a long, oh. First King chapter 6. Let's start from verse 15. First King chapter 6. Are you following me? See, I know I'm a sinner. It's DJ Clem now, and I'm not planning to repent. Okay? <laughs> when they give, when do you do everybody's report at the end of the year? I know, just write on my report that a perpetual, it, it doesn't keep time. It doesn't keep to time. I'm, I'm okay. All right? Praise the Lord. <laughs> Amen. You write that if you can write it. <laughs> Sorry, Second Kings, Second Kings, Second Kings. But are you all following me? The Bible says, with white cancer, wage your war. I want to teach us how to fight. Are you following me? And it's what I'm going to say at the end is still part of warfare also, but I need to talk to young people here. And there's something I just want to say to all of you. When the servant of the man of God was risen early and gone for, behold, a horse compassed the city with horses and chariots. And his servant said to him, Alas, master, how shall we do? The guy was planning. Remember, they, I love King James. He did not say, what shall we do? He knew what to do. How to do it was what he did not know. As they were sleeping, soldiers surrounded them overnight. When the guy woke up, he said, how shall we do? Meaning that I know we are supposed to run away. How to run is what I don't know. Since they are everywhere. So the question was right. How shall we do? How shall we run? And Elisha, Elisha said to him, he answered, said, fear not. Say to your neighbor, say, fear not. This is the greatest open door of the, the, the greatest ground. This is the greatest strength of the devil in the life of a Christian. Fear. Say, fear not. They that be with us ah, are more than they that be with them. He did not say they that be with us are more than them. When you are surrounded by us, when you see an attack, armed robbery and the rest, beyond the people you are seeing physically, there is a force bringing them to you. Wanting you to lose your life lose your physical body or lose your final. It is something driving them. When the spirit behind them is disconnected, the people there will change their mind. If you see mob coming towards you, it is because some people are with them. People don't rush. It is the enemy that comes like a flood. So he said, they that be with us. Now, next verse. Elisha prayed and he said, oh Lord, I pray thee, open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened the eyes of the young man. He saw, behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots round about oof. Look up, everybody. The realm of the spirit is very powerful. Have you read that thou shalt not be afraid of arrows that fly by day? I want to tell you something today. Two people can stand together physically. Come. If he's operating by faith and I'm operating fear, both demons and angels can see us spiritually. We are millions of miles apart. Can you imagine Elisha's servant was talking to Elisha? Elisha said, God, open his eyes. When the eyes opened, what did he see? Chariots of fire ran about the two of them. Did you get what I'm saying there? 
He was in fear because Elijah said, Fear not. Elisha was in faith. A saw chariot. Can you imagine millions of angels round one man and the other person standing with him? Nothing. That is the formula they will use on the day of rapture. That two people will be on bed. One will be taken and the other one. It is you watching with physical that you think they are together. In the realm of the spirit, we cannot be talking together. We are not together. Thank you. Sit down. Did you get that? Praise the Lord. The guy saw chariots round about Elijah. He must have been like, what about me? He was operating in fear. And this is powerful. Now, what I want to pay attention to here, and this is where I want to close. We will continue next week. Don't worry. Elisha prayed and he said, oh Lord, I prayed. Open his eyes. This is what prayer does. Paul said, I pray that God will give you the spirit of wisdom. That your eyes of understanding. Prayer is not to fight forces of darkness. It's to open your eyes to know how you should align yourself. To know where Christ has placed you. We can share it till tomorrow. If you are not a man of prayer, you cannot see it. Did you get that? Amen. That's why, we, that's why only a man of prayer can be a man of faith. Only a man of prayer can be a man of faith. Are you following me? So people lock themselves in 21 days. There are some voices operating in this family, and they begin to pray. Those voices will go for a while and come back. What checks them out forever? The Bible says, above all, take unto yourself the shield of faith, with which you shall block every fear in that, every of the devil. And this is revealed by what to say and what to think. You cannot talk right if you are not a man of prayer. And the edge is broken by what? It's broken from within. Job's edge was broken by fear. Any edge will also get broken by fear. I will tell you testimonies upon testimonies of people that the enemy invaded them and God showed them where they went wrong by the words of their mouth. This is not a child's play. Christianity is called a religion of great, great confession, great confession. Our words must line up with scriptures. Otherwise, it is the greatest door you open for the devil. I am broke. I am sick. I don't know what is going on. I am confused. And all those things. When you say that you open the door, but you see, you can't stop it except you're a man of prayer. There must be a revelation supply that helps you to put us. So even though you are seeing a zero account, but spiritually you are seeing an account that is full. So you cannot complain. Many of us here have had opportunities to claim demonic stuff also. Hope you know. When I got born again, I born to my white garment. I was born in the white garment church. I have drank all kinds of water. I have baited in all kinds of rivers, including the one that took me away and I was carried out dead. I've told you before. No, it's true. When I was in primary four. And the worst part was that because my parents now said we should do Thanksgiving on Sunday because I came back to life. Oh, I was ashamed of myself. We danced from the back of the front to the back of the church to the front. So those who were not there were asking what happened. They said he fell inside water and he died. They carried him and now he's alive again. My parents were happy, but me, I was sad. So everybody in church, because I was carried down naked. They performed see all kinds of things. It was about three hours I came back to life. They laid me on the hot rock. I, in the name of prayer, I swallowed egg, raw egg, coconut water. We did everything. Thank God that when we got born again, nobody reminded us that we needed deliverance. Thank God that messages that are destroying people now, if they were not available, all we were, all that was available there that give a life to Christ, avoid going to hell, pray, follow Jesus. We follow Jesus, nobody told us that we needed deliverance. If they told me, maybe I too would have been hooked like that forever. 
like many people are hooked now, fighting a battle that you can never win. Because the only one that could win it, he fought it and he won. And he did a good job. And he does not need any man to improve on what he has done. They forgot to tell us that we did deliverance. So they didn't tell us that the water you drank will affect you, the egg you drank, the river you... Several I was told to lie down, surrounded with seven candles. All kinds of things coming on me. But nobody told us. I used to have nightmares then. As we go born again, we following the word. Those things disappeared. Because we have passed from death to life. Glory to God. But now they schedule people for deliverance in stages. You need to be bold with the word of God. So I want to stop there. We are going to continue next week. But now let me talk with two people. Young people. So the Bible talks about, Jesus said, the daughter of Balaam is idolatry and sexual immorality. In now chapter 15, when the people accepted the gospel and the debate of circumcision or circumcision came up, the apostles wrote and said, these are judgments. Let the Gentiles not be circumcised. And I explained that first, and that is why wearing trousers is a very is it's a wrong debate, right? And I say you cannot wear trousers as a Christian because of Deuteronomy 22. Haven't they read? Even in Acts chapter 15, they came to a conclusion. The Gentiles got born again for the first time under the ministry of Paul. You are all Gentiles, and the debate said that oh, should they be sacrificed? Should they keep the law of Moses? And the elders of the church, James, Peter, and John, said no. Let them stay away from fornication, idolatry. And things offered to blood. If they do that, they are free. These were the fathers of the church talking about Gentiles, where we belong. And then somebody is still telling us that we need to keep the laws of Moses. No. This is the errors of hypergrace. They categorize all laws and laws of Moses. No, there are New Testament laws. The Bible says flee fornication. They are called instructions of the Bible. They are also commandments. He said, I command you not to keep coming with anybody that is not working. He said, I command not to keep company with a brother who is a fornicator. The Bible says that a Christian can be a friend with a non-believer who is a fornicator, but a Christian that is a fornicator will stay away from them. Listen to me very well. When Bala couldn't get the job done, he got his job done indirectly by asking the women of Moab to go and demo, throw themselves, and in 23,000 people died in one day. First Corinthians chapter 10 said that let us not commit fornication like they did, and many of them perish in one day. It's a warning. The Bible says, flee fornication. Hear me very well. It's going on really everywhere. Any little, somebody's asking now somebody, decide relationship, sex, sex, sex. You are more disciplined than that. And what I want to say about that, it's not the fornication itself, as much as the root cause of this thing. Everybody that is on my voice, listen to me very well. Especially, you are an actor. You are an MC. You are a comedian. You are a singer. And you notice that it's only weekend that you have places to go to do things. Monday through Friday, you are with a female friend there and this one here. And I do mine. is the devil's workshop. Sometimes you commit sin, not because you're a bad person, but like we have been saying, you give place to the devil. The place you give that you have found where you ought not to be found. David made just one mistake, and he paid dearly for it. The Bible says in the days that the kings were going to battle, he stayed back at home. That was when he saw Bathsheba. If David had gone to war, when he was supposed to go to war, I want to say to all the people who are gifted there, you said you have a vision, I want to, be, I want to sell something, I have a vision, I'm a singer, and because of that, right now, you are not being called every day to sing, you are not being called every day to take pictures, you are not being called every day to do MC, to do comedy, 
You've only been caught maybe two weekends in a month. The rest of the day, you wake up 9 o'clock, you wake up 10 o'clock, and you are some female friends, or some of your friends, your male friends, you are watching can't, DS, watching films, watching things. That's a bit, two things. Number one, you will commit sin. Number two, which is even equally dangerous, time is running. See, that Monday to Friday, that you are told, because nobody has hired you or called you, you are watching TV. Some young guys, you are 25. Some other 25 years old are all over Lagos building values. Some are schooling, getting more certificates. Some are working. A lady saw me after service on Wednesday, your friend. She's a lawyer. She asked this guy, this lady to come and talk to me. They are both lawyers. That I should talk with my wife or any of the female pastors. All the female pastors are bankers that she wants to work in a bank for free for three months. She's free now. She just wants the corporate environment experience to be part of her experience. Once hours are passing by every day and you are not doing anything, you are wasting away. Somebody needs to tell you the way it is. You are waiting for the day breakthrough will come, that you'll be busy every day. Get yourself busy from now. If you are doing something only weekends, what stops you from picking up another thing that you do Monday to Friday? What stops you from registering for some exams? What stops you? And if you are so rooted, you love that business, you love that show so much, Go and open an office, resume, resume there 8 o'clock and close 6 p.m. That alone will get some dirty things off your life. But if you are too busy, so too free, you are free. They, they know when you are in the house and they always meet you at home. And it's very important. It's the reason why some people commit sin. See, there's no way. You are 26, 27, you have a female at 25. Monday through the Tuesday, you, you are like, I have a vision. My vision is that one day I'll become the biggest, biggest, biggest singer. They invite you to only sing in one show once in a month. Yeah, they gave you some little money. Last one you went for some little money. All other days you are free. You are dreaming of when you become big. I want to say to everybody, please, all young people, fight it. Fight the idea of being at home from money to living, doing nothing. Fight it. Even if the one show you go for once in a month, if it fetches you so much money, direct it to some other thing. Make sure you are busy. Being busy is spirituality sweet. Be busy. Be busy doing something. Be busy. See, you are the foundation laying period of your life. Pretty soon you marry, you have children and everything. You don't have time to add value to yourself like you should again. Build on the right front. You will discover one day that truly in life, there is no time for rest. So when you give yourself one week vacation and everything, so we come back quickly and begin to work again. Time is running. Don't put yourself in the position that tomorrow you serve some people. Time is running. Don't celebrate Monday to Friday you are at home. From Monday to evening you are watching, watching all kinds of shows on TV. Time is running. As you are doing that, your colleagues in China, some people are working their neck out. Even fellow guys in Nigeria are waking up and they're driving themselves. Every hour counts. Time is the only thing that we all have in equal proportion. Time is the only thing. Some people are born in America, they're already ahead of some, many of us in Nigeria. That's the truth. If Begin is your father, you are already millions of steps ahead of so many people in Nigeria. In terms of what you have access to, in terms of the, what is laid down for you. But the sincerity in the area of time, we are all equal. Whether you are, whoever you are, everybody has 24 hours. Obama does not have more. Clinton does not have more. Bush does not have more. Bill Gates does not have more. Everybody has 24 hours. 
For example, I does not have more time. Everybody has 24 hours. So when you find yourself, anytime you sit down and five hours, five hours passing without you doing anything, some guys of your age are putting that five hours into something. Wake up, men, and stop that. Did you hear me? I asked about my friend from, from uh, the two of them yesterday, one of my friends. And they say he has located to uh, Canada and he has joined Toronto Film Academy. He acted just a little part in himself. He has gone to immerse himself into something. Another friend that just went to New York Film Academy. If not, I have to be here every Sunday. I would have joined for you. I love writing script for film. It's true. But there are some other ones that are working on that will allow me to be flexible. You, you can't just sit down. Whether I'm in the country or I'm away, even when I'm away, I am conscious of the fact that I cannot just sit down for six hours doing nothing, watching TV. I go with books and messages around. That's who I am. That's what I do. And I don't really just gospel books alone. You have to expand. How can you just, you, you are just, you, 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 you have no pattern. Then when there is job, job, when there is no job, just sit down at home. I told one of the guys so in there, I said, don't wait for a job to come. Go look for a job. At the early stage, you go look for things. You don't wait for them to come. It's the principle of evangelism. Go, not come. That's what the Bible says. Go into all the world. So you don't wait. Once you notice that days are piling up and you are free, you are doing nothing. Brethren, hate that idea. Hate it with everything in you. You will not be 32 times. You have to tell yourself. So once you move from 22 to 30, those eight years will never be repeated again. And they are part of your life. You can adjust it again. So when you have future before, you have to sit tight. Wait till I have singles later, all, all of you. I'm waiting for you. But there are many people are just playing around. You know, just play. You know, that is, that is the dangerous thing about breakthrough messages. I understand those who say that church is breakthrough because sometimes truly care is not taken. We begin to expect God to do one miraculous something. Miracles meet those who are prepared well. Which I think told people one that faith is not cheap. It's not just uh, just confirm one day ten million will appear. You you should have known by now that it does not appear like that. Are you following me? Praise the Lord, Amen. One day I was watching. I like reading men's story. Anthony Joshua, and he just said. You know the first thing he opened, he said, he said, I, he said, I knew a long time ago that I would never have fun in life. He said, this is what I have chosen. He said, I don't go to many places. He said, because I am there about 12 hours every day doing this. And he said, I've accepted that when others go for shows and go to I cannot go. This is Anthony Joshua. This is what I do to keep myself there. He said, so. He said, when you bring videos of my mother, that's what I want to watch. He said, so even when I'm not boxing, I'm watching my Tyson and the rest of them. He says so for hours every day. When I saw the excitement that guy would go through every day, no wonder one punch will empty you. <laughs> it, it's, not, it's not a spiritual thing. It's dedication. He says so you will not find me many places. He says I, I don't have many friends. When they invite me to places, I cannot go. Because Joshua, when Muhammad Ali was the champion, he said at 4 a.m. to 7 a.m. every morning, he's jogging and boxing every morning. He said, Amatan or no Amatan, cold or summer, every morning, three hours of boxing before going to training later in the day. There's no magic. When the baker was the best free kick taker, we said he used to take 1,000 free kicks every day. 
After going for training, man, you are coming back home. He put a goal post in his house. He will stand like this, create a wood for wood, and play 1,000 free kick every morning. You must hate being I do. Don't only avoid it. Hate it. Hate the idea. Once you see yourself lying down in the afternoon, no sleep, you wake up, what if you sleep, wake up, tell yourself that, what is wrong with you, Wale? Get up. This is not who you are. Don't tell yourself that. See, the higher you go, the more successful you become, the sweeter your vacation will be. God created the world in such a way that you can only enjoy rest when you have worked very well. So God worked for six days and rested on the seventh day. Not that I rested at all. I'm tired. Almighty God, I'm tired. No. He, he restrained himself from his work. But I'm saying to human beings, the more, bless, Pastor Blessed, I wish I told us, I said, and husband, they will go on vacation early part of the year as a family. But the rest of the day, they work their house out. If you are very hardworking, you will enjoy your vacation when you have one. If you are not very hardworking, you are sleeping every day. There's no difference. HOD must have singles with many qualifications, many wonderful things going on, many, many streams of income, many things. You are 25, your parents, they respect you because of the results coming from your life. Not that they are still fighting you to make choices for you. You appear in the family house, everybody's happy. You go home, you drop good money, and you are 27. That's what we are talking about. Hallelujah. Oh, Lord, we give you praise. We worship you. Thank you, Father. Thank you for listening to the teaching. We believe you have been blessed. Worship with us at David's Court, number 25 Mojidi Street, off Towing Street, Ikeja, Lagos. On Sundays, our first service starts by 8 a.m. and our second service by 10 a.m. While our midweek service starts by 7 p.m. on Wednesdays. Go and do great things. God bless you.